This is In The Zone with Tamika Nicole, where we talk all things sports. Thank you for giving me the chance to give you the top sports news, the hottest news, the scoop, (laughs) the tea on what's going on in sports, game recaps, hot news, everything is all here. So we're going to jump right into it and get right into the zone. had some questions that came in so I wanted to use this segment and answer those questions and if you have anything you would like to ask or add any opinions thoughts ideas or things you may disagree anything like that please hit me up at Tamika Nicole zone at gmail.com if you need that spelled out I spell it out um in the zone out segment the last segment if you need that You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat under Tamika Nicole. So you can use any of those ways to reach out to me if you have something that you want on the cast or want me to talk about. So let's start with the first question. As far as the Giants rookie defensive end, Kayvon Thibodeau, why do I how do I feel about him being held by the other team and it's in front of the rest and the hold not being called. So how I feel about that is regardless of if he's a giant or whatever team and whatever player, the game should be called fair because it should all be about, you know, skill and what we're doing out here on the field. It doesn't matter if it's your rookie year, your last year, You know, it should be fair across the board, not based on who you think it matters or doesn't matter or we can let it slide because it's this person. So that stuff is going on. That's really messed up. And it's affecting games on a deep level because you're, you know, limiting the impact that a player is supposed to have if you're allowing that to happen. These are players that are trying to take care of their families you know, that's trying to leave um, generational wealth for their family. This is important to them, and they not getting, it, it may not seem like they can get the job done, then, you know, it could affect a lot of things. Okay, so maybe that's a little too deep, but it does affect things when it's, yes, a game, but it's also <clears throat> their career and their livelihood and their families as well, so... So, yeah, that's messed up. But it's almost as if, you know, he will have to, if that's happening and nothing can be done or it's not noticed or really big enough for them to do anything, um, I would think as he would have to break out of that and he would just, as he makes that impact and name, you know, people not may not pay attention to certain positions as much, especially if you're just kind of following the ball. But you might be more likely to look if it's a game you went to and it's Von Miller, you know, and you know what he does and it's exciting. And so you tend to pay more attention. So maybe as he has more impact and it's like, oh, that's Kayvon Thibodeau. Oh, they're going to be watching him. We better make sure, you know, that's really the only thing I can think of. I think that's wrong. It's not right at all if that's going on. But. You know, maybe that's what's going on to that degree. But 
I just hope that games and things can be made right if it's going on or, you know, he's just going to have to, you know, break through that. So that's my thought on that. Um, The next question I had was what makes a team dangerous to me? So when I took that question and kind of made it more about what, how, how would a team that I put together, what would that look like? So for me, it all starts at the top with coaches. So having great-minded um, defensive coach, um, coaches and coordinators, um, having the same offensively and the same on special teams. And that's kind of along that personality what I think it takes, you know, not just playing it safe when you're playing in a game, but knowing when it's time to take those risks and, you know, when it's time to dig deep, be a little gutsy, be a little aggressive. You know, I want to put that out there too. Yes, basic football works, but if you're trying to get to the top, you know, you got to have that, you know, edge. So that's what I would want in my coaching staff and for that to go from the top, you know, down. So as I go down, I obviously, you know, I want players that's, great um both sides of the ball offensively defensively and in my um special teams as well and those coaches to be the same one them be able to do some dial some trick plays up you know things of that nature uh i seen a punter a college game last um this past weekend where the punter kicked it and it landed right between right like at the goal line and right by that sideline so that like l like right in that corner I was like, oh, my God. This boy kid, it landed, and they are down at the one-yard line. Not because somebody, they came and, you know, put it there. Like, it was literally just kicked and landed perfectly. I know that probably can't happen at every pump, but I just thought, I was like, wow. That's, like, exactly what you want. So, I would want that, (laughs) obviously. And then making sure that. Hey, if I, if I have to go for a field goal, I just need you to be able to do it. I need those points, you know. I would also want, you know, my great, like I said, great athletes on both sides of the ball, but also, you know, specific, especially in my skill positions, trying to get the best I can get in those positions um, and making sure that, you know, they can get the job done. As far as my QB, I would want them to be a dual threat. I want them to have an arm and I want them to be able to use their legs and be pretty athletic. Um, Able to be confident in the pocket and make those decisions. Um, And when they drop back, you know, being able to quickly see what you need to see and get that ball out. Um, That's what I would look for in my QB. Um, my old line, I would need me to. Ha- I would need a O line that is strong, so that my QB can stay up and be able to look to make the best pass or play possible, and also, you know, to give him the time um, that he needs. And for my running back to be able to open those holes, I need you to be able to, you know, make some some ways, some lanes, and some openings for my running back as well. As far as my defense, I would want a defensive, you know, coordinator that can make those 
necessary changes and not allowing the same things to happen that are hurting us and getting them chunks of yard down the fields, you know. I um yeah, so being able to make necessary changes and not wait until we look at film and we'll face the next game now now, let's get this cleaned up now. But also a good pass rush because when I play a team I don't want their quarterback to be able to be comfortable whatsoever. Nothing worse to me than a game and the quarterback is literally just able to sit there and distribute the ball. No problem. You know. So I wouldn't want a QB that's playing against my team to be able to feel settled in the pocket or, you know, be comfortable. I want them to have to get that ball out quick and not because they're good at being quick, but because they know they don't have much time left. So we got to get this ball out. Hope that means they're throwing it away or throwing it in, you know, to the ground or whatnot. I would want my team to be good at, you know, making sure that we're managing our timeouts and that our clock management is being, um, all of that is being used wisely and effectively. Um, definitely don't want to, you know, have a delay a game and wasting timeouts, you know, stuff like that. And penalties as well, being able to clean that up and having a team that's disciplined um, to limit those as much as possible. I know things happen and refs are going to mess up and th- like things of like that, but limiting those as, you know, as much as you can. Um, nothing as discouraging as, you know, getting down the field and then you got to go back 15 yards. <laughs> you got you just overcame this and now we got to do this all over again <laughs> and go back or you're needing to you're you know needing to get you're about to be in field goal range and now you got to go 10 yards back and so to me those are the things they're the little things but they impact the game so much and you know what you can do um want want to make sure that I teach my team not only to be great athletes and you know physically but you know having that mental toughness even when Things seem to be going bad or wrong, or it just seems like everything's against us to win today. Being able to stay in there, stay steady. I should also say for my quarterback that, you know, he can be a good leader and, you know, know the right ways to motivate the team and be what they need him to be. So that's probably a little little deep. But overall, those are some of the the things that I think that are important that can make a team dangerous. But mostly being dangerous on both sides of the ball and making sure that your special teams, if you know, if you're focusing on those and having great coordinators that are in there, then you know, it gives you advantage over those teams that are just great on one side of the ball and then mediocre on the other. And it's just not you know, the other team, the other side is trying to make up and it's just not balancing out. So to me, those are the things that make a team dangerous. Um, what has made the difference with Daniel Jones was another question. Let's first go back and, you know, people have been hard on Daniel Jones. So 
in his four years of, you know, being drafted. In in 2019, we had Pat Shermer as the head coach, and then um, Mike Shula was the offensive coordinator. Then in 2020, we had Joe Judge as the head coach and Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator. And then in 2021, Joe Judge returned, but instead of Jason Garrett, we had Freddie Kitchens. So I think you have to take that into account that he came out and he didn't get get to be under this one coach that's been there and great reputation and can do this, do this, do this. He came into an organization that was trying to find themselves and their identity. And he should be able to come in and, you know, being brought into that and learning that and, you know, growing into being what he's supposed to be. And instead, we're still trying to find identity. So, man, give that kid a break. Think about that for him. I said this the last podcast. So Brian Dayball is the coach now, and he also worked with Josh Allen, the Bills quarterback. And I think that that was a great thing for Daniel Jones and being able to help with his growth and finding that identity and getting help with the things he struggled with, which was turning the ball over. He's minimized that, you know, now. He's more confident in his decision-making. You can see the difference. So it does start at the top, you know, and come way down. So I think that Brian Daywell being the coach makes the difference, but it's also just everything kind of coming together as much as they can, but we also have a lot of injuries that's happening, but there's still pulling together but I just think seeing the wins helps and having just you know that swag that Brian Dayball brings but also the skills because he's also part of you know what's helped Josh Allen to grow as well so I think we're about to just see um, some major growth most of the time when the the QBs come in, you you kind of see them hit that stride at about year three or four. Um, so I think Dan's probably a little year behind, but like I said, he's been through a lot of changes. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be okay. But I think those are the things that have made the difference. And even also, let me add to that, probably, you know, even Saquon doing his thing, that takes pressure off of him as well. You know, when Saquon was down, and out and injured and then came back and really wasn't himself still, you know, even put more pressure on Daniel Jones. So I think that as well um, has made the difference. Um, Another question that I had was, uh, or this is the last question. Do I see Daniel Jones as my long-term um, quarterback. Do I think he's the answer for New York? So when um, David Edelman drafted, when we made this draft pick, did I think that that's who we go for? Or is that somebody I looked at and said, okay, I could, yeah. No, I didn't because... I I didn't at all, 
but it's almost like we don't get votes in this. They don't ask our opinions. You know, we're fans and we just got to rock with it because now you're drafted, you're big blue, you family now, so you in this thing. So we in this thing together, right? <laughs> but so, yeah, so you're just supporting and hoping for the best. But like I said, we had so much stuff going on with coaching changes since, you know, Tom Coughlin. It's just been because even before that, we had Ben McAdoo, even when we had, you know, Eli. So it's been all over the place. So it was hard to tell, I guess, you know, those first and especially the first three years when he was struggling with turning the ball over. Um, I saw what he could do. I saw that he had an arm and I saw that he could run. And I love those things, but they weren't happening consistently. And again, I can't just blame him. I have to blame that on the organization and the changes and struggles with the O-line as well. But as I look these last couple years and how he's handled it all, he hasn't whined and complained and all of that. He's still done his best, you know, in every game to do what he had to do to help us win. He done he didn't have much to throw to, so he'd been using his legs last season. He had I wanna say probably on the team probably the most rushing yards last season. Cause he was running having that's what he had to do. There was nobody to really We've always struggled with not having everything we need in every position or injury. So as far as do I see him as my long term, like could I look at him and say, you know, yes, let's keep him. Let's go with him. I say yes. I want to keep him because, first of all, it's not just that easy to sit there and draft somebody and they look like this and that on paper and and you know pro day and all of that but they thought that when they got Carson Wentz and Jared Goff you know so and those are situations where it didn't pan out they didn't fit systems or you know just different things like that so it's not just that easy just to go pick you know and then look at situations what had happened with um Trey Lance and, you know, them getting hurt. Um, the Jets QB, the Jets QB in preseason and then Trey Lance, you know, week, was that week two, week one or two? So, yeah, it's just not that easy to say, oh, let's see what else is out there. Um, but it's not just because I'm just like, and well, no, I, I just, I it's not just his skills, but it's just um, what he brings. Like I said, he hasn't whined and complained or blamed, you know, all he's had to hear all kind of stuff about himself, about his turnovers and about what he's not doing. And we don't think the Giants have it. And what are they going to do? So through all of that, he still managed to just try to push through it all and, and, you know, long story short, I just have respect for that. So I would keep him. Not, And it's not just because of our record. But I think Brian Dayball, along with the skills that he already possesses to run the ball 
um, to be able to run and use his arm and have a mind that helped Josh Allen and the Bills to be where they are, I think that's going to help him as well. But I do think that he's proven that he can carry um, carry that load of being the QB um, for the Giants. But that's my opinion. But that was the last questions. But like I said, please feel free to submit your questions. I love answering them, so keep them coming rolling in. And I hope I answered um, all the questions um, to full capacity. <laughs> So I did have another question, but I'll go ahead and just make it um, the whole segment about Tom Brady. But the question was, you know, do I feel that Tom Brady should have just went ahead and retired? I feel like that is a tough question because if I put myself in Tom Brady's shoes, and this is something that I've loved for the majority of my life, I've started at whatever age he started to learn. I don't know if he played, you know, youth football, peewee or anything like that. But wherever he started, and my point is, it's just how long you put into the game and to be who and what you want to be. And to imagine that even though your body is aging and you're getting older, you still have this love for the game. It's been your life. You know, it's up there next to the family. And to feel like you have to let it go because it's just that time, it's, it's not as easy to do for everybody. There's some people that's half Tom's age that would retire and be like, I'm good. I've played, you know, my, my few little years I've played or whatever. And I've made the money, but I'm going to get out here where my body's still good. You know. But for some people, especially you see the older, the coaches that have been doing this. And they're not rushing to get out because they love this. And you've seen people that, you know, try to retire or stop doing something that they enjoy and they're just not the same. So my point is, it's hard for Tom and to just make that decision and to be done with it. Do I, you know, his his wife made it known that she wanted him to retire. And you have to still consider her side of. They, you know, see, she sees them coming home. She has to help, you know, ice and help with things as well. As far as what, whatever condition, how he comes home. Because he's taking these hits and he's, you know, 40s. You can take those hits in the 20s and it still takes a minute to recover. So, you know, as you get older, you're not recovering as fast at all. It's just getting slower and slower. Um, so the effects of things that we might not see, at, you know, at home and then the amount of time that it takes away from them being together or with the family as well. You know. 
And, you know, she knew this going in, you know, and so she has to consider that. But um, at the same time, she does, you know, she wants to be able to enjoy time with him and not when he's all, you know, beat and broken down at the same time where they can actually travel and enjoy life and kids and things like that. So it's been tough. So I feel that, you know, maybe that when he retired this past season that he should have just stayed retired, you know, from the outside looking in. I would say he should have stayed retired because his team is in the position, the Bucks, where things are just way off track for them. Um, offensively, and he's just not that, you know, younger Tom Brady that can kind of carry and make things happen and be the GOAT. And so I, was, I think we're just seeing him struggle, and that's not how I feel. He wants to go out on top, and, you know, I wouldn't want him to go out on top just any kind of way, you know. The last Super Bowl, maybe that was the best time to do it. You 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 did it again. You did it without Bill. You know. But again, in his shoes, when you step away and you're just out there golfing and you're just missing the game and the come route and you know, the the brotherhood of it all and just all of it, you know, the excitement that comes, the thrill that he gets so yeah I don't know how this is going to end for Tom because you know if they can bounce back this season and make something happen and still you know they can still win the division because it's just what it is but you know I hope that when he does step aside that he can do it in a way where he leaves how he wants to And not just because things just, you know, fell off. Because you just hate to see that for anybody that's been in a sport that you've played and that has been a great impact. Whether you love them or hate them or love to hate them, you know. So it's just not an easy situation. So my answer is yes, he, you know, he should have. But it's his life. And I just hope that, you know. It can end good and not the way it seems like it's going. So, I wanted to quickly just talk about Tua coming back and as he played his first game back this past weekend, looked fine, looked great. Um, he didn't miss a beat. But I know people had the opinion that he shouldn't come back. He shouldn't be playing. He should have. It's too soon regardless. It just seems too soon. So it's too soon. But I just still wanted to put the perspective, just like I was saying with Tom Brady, that the amount of time that these men, women, athletes, and whatever they they play or do starts mostly not for everybody, but a lot of start in childhood. And it's a lot of times year round. Because like with football, if it's not football in high school, you probably ran track. 
So you're constantly having to work on yourself, your body, your skill, the game. For some people, even when we're working in the regular world, they can retire and go home and be fine and travel and do what they want to do. But for somebody else, it might drive them nuts to not be doing you know, something consistently every day like they used to. My point being that people are just different. So when asked, Tua said, you know, it may seem weird, but the natural reaction was from that for me, I just had to come back. It wasn't an option. And then he was asked, you know, how did his parents feel about it? You know, do you think that they wanted you to come back? He said he wasn't sure, but you could tell that he was really trying to say probably not. And if you're a parent, then you're probably like not. (laughs) But he's a man and able to make that decision. And again, like I was saying about Tom Brady, this is his life. And so maybe for him or likely for him, you know, if I hang my helmet up, what am I going to do? And I'm not saying that there's nothing else to do outside of football. There's plenty of life and job, you know, things that, you know, that they, that can be done or they can do. I'm not saying that this is it for them or should be it. But again, people view and process and things differently. And so for Tua, this is what he chose because, and that's what he's choosing for himself to live with. And I think that just has to be respect it because whereas the alternative would seem better for you it may not be better for him and how he views it so you know multiple doctors have seen him and cleared him so you know he's fine it may seem too soon for us if you saw that you know but at the end of the day You know, these athletes are making the best decision that they are making for themselves and their lives. And so just wanted to put that out there, you know. But it was good to see him even being out to play, considering how he what we saw the last time he was out there. So to me, that's the blessing. That's that's the thing that matters is that he's okay first of all. But other than that. Outside of that, anything going forward is Tua's decision. Hey, you just wanted to thank you specifically for taking time to listen to In the Zone with Tamika Nicole. I thank you for trusting me to give you your hot topics in sports, game recap scores. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. If you know anybody that loves sports and likes to stay on top of the sports news or know what's going on with game recaps and scores, please share the podcast with them. If you have any questions, things you want me to say, share on the podcast or things you disagree with, hey, anything, hit me up at TamikaNicoleZone at gmail.com. That's T-A-M-I-K-A-N-I-C-O-L-E-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. Thank you. Appreciate you.